Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we start with Daflamit Tess in Maseches Yuma, um, and we begin a new parak, the fourth parak, Taraf Bekalpi. Okay, uh, our objective today is to get ten lines from the uh, bottom of Lamit Tess at Bez. I'm letting you know that in advance, Andrew, because tomorrow's daf is a little bit shorter, and by Shabbos we want to be in sync with the daf and. We have so many interesting things. I was Zoha over Shavuos. We're just back from Shavuos. And also yesterday, I randomly got, I'm teasing, I'm teasing some coming attractions of today's year now, Andrew. I got emails from Rabbi Pinchas Gross Shlita randomly about different ideas having to do with today's duff. So I was excited. I, uh, Birnbaum last night was saying that he went to Rabbi Gross for meals on Shavuos. So I said, oh yeah? What, what did you think of these emails? And I was, um, whatever, you don't, I don't want to give too much into the dynamic between me and Birnbaum. Uh, it's not for now, but Baruch Hashem, we were able to, uh, to, to get some insights so we could, we could, we could savor some of these insights as we learn this fantastic, uh, this fantastic daf today. Now, what are we talking about? Well, we're continuing with the avodas of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, of course. And we get to the fascinating portion where we already learned on Daf Lamed Zion of the two goats, the two he goats, the Seirim. One, right, there was a lottery, and we, determ- we had determined by lottery which one would be brought as a korban chatas, la Hashem, and which one would be sent off the cliff, la Zazel. And so now we're going to talk about this lottery. Mind you, we see that you can, in fact, have a lottery. I asked Rabbi Gross, Shlita, why didn't we have a lottery to see which of the Kohanim did the Avoda in general? Wouldn't it be more efficient to put everyone's name in a box, as we do for the Seir La Zazel and Seir La Shem, and to just pick out a name? Why do I think that that's more efficient? First of all, it takes less time. You write every, everybody's names written ahead of time, and you just pick it out instead of having to go around. Also, it's more, even more randomized in a sense, right? Because when you pick a larger number, if you're a real savant, you know, one who can go into the casinos and know and count cards, etc., Lahavdil, then you kind of know who, which guy is going to land on once the, the Mamuna, right, picks a number. It's not the most, uh, efficient randomization. And I, I made this up, but he said maybe it's a, it's a nice vart that, when you count all the fingers of the Kohanim, because this way even the Kohanim that do not get selected, which is most of them, are in fact counted. Now we just, we started Parshas, right, Bar Midbar, say counting, and, and even then we said you don't count heads, and you don't count Jews, you can in fact count fingers. At least somebody, at least they know that everybody who's there, whether they are in fact doing their vote or not, are, can feel like they are in some way at least counted. Um, anyways, I don't know. The, the, there could be a Goranowitz Muslim moment in there. But be that as it may, that was not the case for these Seirim. They were two pieces of, uh, I guess, uh, parchment or paper thrown into a kalpi, right? A lottery box. Says the Mishnah. Taraf Bakalpi. What's the Slushan? Taraf. Taraf. Snatches. So it's actually a little bit of a machlokas. Uh, Rashi says, pit on betrefo v'chatifa, that the Kohen Gadol has to snatch it quickly, in haste. Uh, another thing might be that it just shakes it up. 
We'll see why he has to do so. Okay, so anyway, he quickly takes out one of the two. And he draws two lots. One in his right hand, one in his left hand. Which is L'shem Hashem. We'll see it's written basically L'shem Hashem with the L'shem Meforosh. And the other one says L'azazel on it. Now, um, as the Mefarshim explained, this is going to be engraved. So L'Hashem and L'Azazel are going to be engraved into these things, in, into, uh, in, into the two lots. That becomes significant. Why? Because let's see. Hasgan As the lottery procedure is taking place, the Sgan, who is, right, the backup Kohen Gadol is going to be to the right of the Kohen Gadol, and the head of the family, right, there was the base Av rotation. So the head of the base Av, whose rotation it is that week, is going to stand to his left. Im shel shame Allah bimino. So when the lotus are drawn, if the Shem Hashem comes up in the Kohen Gadol's right hand, so then has, so that's a good thing, just so you know ahead of time. What you want is, it is a good omen if the lottery of L'Shem Hashem comes up in your right hand. So again, the way our Mishnah describes it, we'll see in the Gemara that there is another Shita on how this went, but the way our Mishnah described it is Kohen Gadol sticking in both his right and left hand into the two compartments, and it's randomized. If, and, he, and he's bringing out both, we'll call it blocks, right, both etched uh, um, um, uh, blocks or medallions, at the same time, and he doesn't know which is in which hand. If it turns out that the Shem Hashem is in his right hand, it is a good omen for all of Klal Israel. Every Kohen Gadol would want, would like to put, pull that out, that the, that the Shem Hashem will be in his right hand. Thus, if that happens, if in fact he gets the Shem Hashem in his right hand, then the Sgan, who is to his right, is Omer Lo, is going to say in the ceremony the following: Ishi Kohen Gadol, Mr. Kohen Gadol, Hagbe Yimincha, raise your right hand. We're going to see you're going. The Kohen Gadol is going to end up raising the hand that says L'shem Hashem, and the Klal Yisrael, so to speak, will be looking. And if he's raising his right hand, there will be a great cheer. If he raises his left hand, there will be a great groan. So if it's the right hand, then the person to his right, which is the backup Kohen Gadol, is going to say, raise that right hand, right? Like um, Lahavdil at the end of a boxing match, in, and it's a close boxing match, and you don't know who is the winner. So here, he's raising his right hand, and everybody cheers. Okay. That's not a good sign. That means that the right hand is going to have Lazazel. If in his left hand comes up the Shem Hashem, Rosh Beis Av, who is in fact his left, Omer Lo Ishi Kohen Gadol, again, Mr. Kohen Gadol, Hagbes Molcha, raise your left hand. So it's almost as if, right, when you're using that boxing analogy, it, there, it's as if you can imagine the, um, right, the Skan Kohen Gadol is holding his right hand, the Skan, uh, and the, and the, um, Rosh Beis Av is holding his left hand, and then they either raise his right or his left hand, depending on which hand had the Shem Hashem in it. And that was either a good or a bad omen. Fine. Fine. So the Mishnah continues to explain once this procedure, uh, it's either going to be heartening or disheartening to Klal Yisrael, is revealed of which uh, one goes onto which seir. So then, Nisanan al Shnei Asirim, they put, it's almost like these engraved medallions uh, from the lottery on the necks of the two seirim. And 
like a, again, a medal ceremony of the Olympics, as he puts the medal around the neck of the, of the Seir Hashem, he says, Hashem Chatas, there you go, Seir, you're going to go as a Chatas for Hashem. And the Rabbi Shmuel Omer, um, as a detail here, you could just say La Hashem. You don't have to say La Hashem Chatas. We know that's going to be brought as a Korban Chatas. Ella La Hashem. You just have to say La Hashem. Okay. What is this Machlokas? Uh, there's actually more to it than you would think. There's a Machlokas. Um, it has to do with how you interpret the Psukim that describe, that describe this procedure. It says, So what does mean? Does mean that as in the designation procedure, you designated a chatas, or just simply you designated as Hashem and then subsequently bring it to a chatas? So believe it or not, this machlokis has, take, takes root in how you interpret that pasuk. Be that as it may, once that is, uh, procedure is done, let's say he says just la Hashem, like Rabbi Yishmael, who's they, who's there? So people would, would stand there, right? This is Klai Yisrael, kind of there's a crowd. There is a, um, you know, now, now these days with the relaxation of the COVID uh, restrictions, it's going to be a bigger crowd. And they answer after him, Baruch Shem Kavod Machusolo Lamvaed. And they all answered him, Baruch Shem Kavod Machusolo Lamvaed, as a reference to Hashem. Let's bring this korban as a chata. So that's the Mishnah. So now we go with the Gemara. And the Gemara at first asks, Lama li taraf pakafi? Why is he snatching? Uh, what's the hurry? So says the Gemara, Ki nikavein As follows, right? The Yerushalmi, as Birnbaum pointed out, explains that because it's engraved, that you could feel the engraving, right? So the Kohen Gadol obviously wants to be a hero. And he wants to bring up the Lahashem in his right hand. So if we let him take his time with both hands in the Kalpi, then he's going to feel for the engraving and see which one is Lahashem, and he could switch it within the Kalpi. And so we're going to not allow him to do that because why? Ah, it has to be a Goral, as we'll see. It cannot be. Uh, something that's done deliberately, we say, like, let him, let him do that. Maybe it's just a, uh, ceremony where it's nice that it'll always be a good omen. No, the answer is, you have to randomize it. That is, me'akev midoraisa, according to some shitas. So that means that it has to be a goral. And since it has to be a goral, and has to be randomized, and we know, so you'll say, oh, the coin gadol, why, if it knows that it has to be a girl and has to be randomized, otherwise it might be Ma'akev, why would he do so? Well, first of all, this applies to the Bayit Shani as well, where the Kohen Gadol, A, was less pious, and B, was more likely to have bad omen, right? Because Kalei was in a bad way, as we will see. So in those situations, we still need to maintain Right, the honesty and the randomization, and we have to keep it honest, and therefore that's why the Mishnah says Alashon Taraf, which either means that you snatch it or it means that you mix it, because it really has to be truly randomized as, so as to not give the coin Gadol the opportunity to feel out which one he's actually pulling out. Good. So now, in order to also further that randomization, Rava says, Amarava, Kalpi Shel first of all, it was made out of wood. This is an interesting idea, which means it was not Mekudosh. 
for some reason, it did not have the status of a Kli Shares. That's what it means that it was Shalchol. It was a Kli used in the base of Mikdash, but it was not considered a Kli Shares. This is the part that helps the randomization. It doesn't have room except for the coin goggle two hands. In other words, you can't just look at it. It's very tight in there. So you can't take a peek and see which one you're taking out. And so it's a precise size and just enough to allow it to sort of rattle in there. But that was the description of what the kalpi, the lottery box, looked like. To which the Gemara asks, Maskifla Ravina. Ravina is, is nonplussed. He says to, to Rava, I understand why the dimensions of this lottery box were small so as to not allow the coin gadol to take a peek and to truly maintain the randomization of this uh, lottery. Why was it not consecrated as a clay sharis? Says the Gemara, let's make it a clay sharis. How do you do so? You can... Purchase it with the, uh, with the, right, with the treasury of the base of Mikdash. And in fact, it's a nicer, it's a hidder mitzvah for it to be a klishares. Why not do the avodas of the Mikdash with klishares? Says the Gemara, a really, really perplexing answer to which I still don't understand, uh, which I still don't understand well. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll find Rabbi Gross or somebody. And, and, and get a good answer to this. But listen to this. First of all, we made it out of wood, says the Gemara. And if you make it out of wood, so already it can't be klisharis. Because the Gemara says, you cannot use a wooden kli as a klisharis. That's inappropriate. That is, if you look at Meseches Sota or Meseches Menachos, um, which God willing, we'll get to. Uh, you'll see that you can't have klisharis made out of wood. Okay, so once you once you follow that opinion of Rebbe in those Gemaras, right, um, to, to see that it's me'akev, meaning you can't possibly have a klisharis made out of wood, then you realize why you can't use the copy of the klisharis. But the Gemara asks v'navda the So then, why in fact do we make it out of wood? You don't have to get this at the olive wood factory. You could get it at Hatzorfim, which is the famous Israeli um, silver factory. Okay. Vinavda Dezov, or maybe even make it out of gold. It'll be even better. Don't you just recall right before Shavuos, we had those uh, Gemaras about the families that we were celebrating their choice to, to make all these gold things to fashion, take some of the clean kalim of the Beis HaMikdash and make them even nicer by making them out of gold and donating that to the Beis HaMikdash? So why would they not do so for this copy, for this lottery box? Says the Gemara, this is the perplexing part, HaTorah Chasa Al-Mamonon Shel Yisrael. What? The Torah didn't want to burden Klal Yisrael financially by making this out of gold. And therefore, they kept it wood and that's why it can't be cliches. Does any of that make sense to you, Andrew? How much does it cost? The copy we already said, the dimensions were limited. So how much does it cost? to? You made the entire base of Mikdash and you're making these giant things and the Shar and the Kanor and everything else is out, of, is out of gold. And this one thing, you can't get gold plated, this might be the cheapest thing. It would be like going to a Pesach program for $75,000 and then waiting for tuna to be on sale at Seven Mile Market. What is going on? I don't, um, I don't totally get it. 
Uh, but I'll try to get you an answer, Andrew. This is something that we have to uh, investigate. So you're saying, Chesav is Avlos Asulachem is from where? Yeah, I, I, I actually... But wood also, then you have the, uh, the Asher or something. Right, and also, how do you, how do you then describe the rest of the Kalim? It's the relationship of what's happening to it with the goat itself. Yeah, I think Andrew may be onto something. You know, to me, I always thought it was a... The goat itself has no significance. It's representative of something. To Chas it's not uh, maybe like... Like the Eagle of Zav. You know, we we do say with regards to the Egal Zav, Ain't Kategor Nasa Kategor. Right. So this goes, yeah. So Andrew's saying, you have, he, he's. That has nothing to do with Chasa Hamamam Shalit Shraf. What Andrew's saying has nothing to do with concern for the financial cost. That has another concern. Right. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll have to excuse me. I'm about to break up a fight between Barry and Andrew for a change. Uh, uh, Andrew brings up a great point that it is consistent with the theme of Yom Kippur that we try to have en kategor nasa sanegor. There is the chait of the egel hazav. The egel is made out of gold, and thus perhaps we are more likely to not wear our talis with the atarah on, on Yom Kippur. More likely to have the more pashut uh, kalim uh, in the base of mikdash on Yom Kippur. But then Barry counters. Uh, yeah, but the Gemara itself doesn't give that reason. The Gemara gives the reason of uh, of Chasan al Mamon and Shel Israel that it would imply that if it were not that we were concerned for the financial investment of Kal Israel, that we in fact would allow them to use the gold. So these, I think, uh, there's something there on both sides. I, I'll try to ask uh, some of the masters to see. Uh, I, I don't. I don't recall anybody um, bringing it up in the shirim that I listened to. I'll try to, to 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 get an answer. I think it's. I think it's a. It's a fascinating, fascinating detail here. Okay. So now eleven lines down from where the Mishnah started on Lamates, we have the following uh, idea here. Masnisin deloki haytanos. As I mentioned uh, in the Mishnah, we had the shita. That the Kohen Gadol sticks both his hand, his right and his left hand, into the slaughtery box, and so both of the right, each of the gorillas are found in the actual Kohen Gadol's hands. However, there is a brisa that contradicts where you have a shita that contradicts that. As follows, the Tanya, we learn the brisa. And in fact, even the deputy. Kohen Gadol gets to stick his hand in this copy, and so everybody is putting what? Their right hands. Nobody is sticking their left hand into this copy. Everyone's putting their right hand. When I say everyone, I mean one hand goes in from the Kohen Gadol, one hand goes in from the deputy Kohen Gadol. Now, if the lot that comes up in the right hand of the Kohen Gadol, so then Hasgan Omer Lo Ishi Kohen Gadol So as in our Mishnah, the deputy Kohen Gadol is going to say, come on, lift your right hand, and everybody cheers. But if it comes up in the right hand of the Sgan Kohen Gadol, then that's not a good thing. Then Rosh Beis Av, who 
don't forget about him, is to the left of the coin Gadol. So again, Rabbi Yossi, uh, Rabbi Huda rather, is saying in the name of Eliezer, still holds that the Skan coin Gadol stands to his right and the Rosh Bishop stands to his left. The only difference is that the Skan coin Gadol, according to Rabbi Eliezer, also sticks his hand into the copy. And then the Rosh Bishop, Omer Lola coin Gadol, Daber Milach, speak your word. Uh oh, he say, what? For Hashem, Achatas, meaning Rosh Beis Av is saying to the Kohen Gadol, say your thing, but, right, he's basically saying that he's going to make the, um, the Kohen Gadol, um, express, right, that in fact it was the left hand that was La Hashem. Uh, in other words, not his left, in, in his, in this particular case, it's going to be the Sgan, uh, who, who end up drawing the Lahashem, and therefore the, what amounts to uh, the left hand to be the uh, to be that of the Kohen Gadol. So when, anyway, when you're looking at it as a spectator, you're, what you're looking for is that if the Sgan is saying it, so that's a good sign. If the Rosh Beis Av is telling the Kohen Gadol to say it, so then you know that that was not good. That means that the Sgan Kohen Gadol was the one that pulled out the um, the Lahashem, which was a bad omen. So it's a, it's a little bit different than the right and the left hand. It has to do more with who said it, the person to the right, which was the Skan Kohen Gadol, or the person to the left, which was the Rosh Beis Av. Okay, so this is this is a difference. Be that as it may, there is a difference, obviously here. Who is is it? Is it who is saying it or whose hand is up? Um, and also. According to Rabbi Yehuda, B'Shem Rabbi Yezer, the Skan Kohen Gadol, in fact, gets to put his hand in the box. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, just a little detail here, Now, don't forget, if the Kohen Gadol is, in fact, pulling out the Lahashem, this, according to Rabbi Yehuda, B'Shem Rabbi Yezer, the Skan Kohen Gadol is the one that tells him, hey, lift up your hand. The Gemara asks, maybe the Skan should tell him, Daber Milach, also, right, in the, in the event that, uh, in other words, maybe the Skan Kohen Gadol should be the one that announces it regardless of who, of who pulls out the Lahashem. He should, and then the difference should be whether he says, um, he says, raise your hand, right? Ishi Kohen Gadol Hagbei Yamincha would be a good sign. And then if he says, Daber Milach, it would be a bad sign. Show them the thing, which obviously is a more negative connotation than Hagbes Yimincha, right? Hagbes Yimincha conjures up, um, right, a feeling of, right, the, the, the Hashem, Hagbes Yimincha, put up your strong hand, sustain us, right? Whereas Daber Milach is tell them, you know, in a, in a negative connotation. In both cases, asks the Gemara, maybe it could be the Skan Kohen Gadol who tells him that. Why should it be that the Skan Kohen Gadol gets to tell him uh, when there's a positive result within Rabbi Eliezer, whereas the Av Bezin is the one that has to be the one to tell him to bear Milach when there's a negative result. That's the question of the Gemara. Why can't the Skan Kohen Gadol say both? So says the Gemara, Psychology here. That in the event, okay, in the event that the Kohen Gadol is pulling out the bad omen, namely, he's pulling out the seir, basically la zazel, in his hand, the, it should not be the skan Kohen Gadol who declares it. Why? Because the Kohen Gadol would then be disheartened. Don't forget, 
He still has a long way to go. The Kohen Gadol has a long day. He didn't, sleep, he didn't sleep the night before and he's working all day long. And he has to go in with a positive attitude, as we will see. This has to do with the email that Rabbi Gross sent. He has to do so with a positive attitude. Okay, we want to keep his attitude positive all day because that really affects an omen to Klal Yisrael. So, what is going on? The fact is that if your vice president, as it were, Yosgan Kohen Gadol, your deputy, your understudy, is the one that's going to tell you, is going to be the one to tell you, hey, the bad lot is in your hand, the good lot is in my hand, that is very discouraging to the main lead role character. If the understudy is the one telling you, I have the good one, so then that is disheartening to the Kohen Gadol, that's like showing him up, that's like disrespectful. The Av Bezdin isn't really a threat to your role as Kohen Gadol. The understudy is, he's the one that's gonna be filling your place. So for him, for the vice president to tell the president, tell the people the bad news, that's like an implication, uh, a very disheartening implication, like you're, uh, you failed in your role and you don't want to hear that from the person who's going to be potentially your replacement. You'd much rather hear that from the person who has nothing, from the Speaker of the House, right? From the Avbezdin. You'd much rather hear that from somebody who does not threaten to your position. We want to keep the Kohen Gadol in a positive state of mind. And that, Gemara says, psychology is the reason why we don't have the actual understudy or vice president tell the to tell the Kohen Gadol that he in fact had sort of failed in his mission to bring up the good omen. Wow. Says the Gemara now, why are they, why is there even a machlokas here? Why would, why, what's the source of their dispute between, uh, Rabbi Yehuda B'Shem Rabbi and our Mishnah that has the Kohen Gadol sticking both hands in? So says the Gemara, Fascinating machlokas. In other words, why would we have, what would be the machlokas? Fascinating machlokas. The Kohen Gadol, don't forget, according to our Mishnah, sticks in his right and his left hand. Sticking in the left hand. Use, doing the avoda with your left hand, sticking your left hand into the lottery box. Does a Kohen Gadol, in fact, do avoda with his left hand? Uh, I don't think so. Mar adif the Kohen Gadol. So, according to Yudah Rebbe he doesn't want any avoda being done with his left hand, and therefore... Avoda should always be done with your right hand. So how can you do the avoda with the right hand when you in fact have to have to pick out two lotteries? So that the only way to do it is to have two individuals stick their right hands into the lottery box. And that's how Yehuda B'Shem Rebeleazer comes up with the patent, the idea of the coin Gadol and the Skan coin Gadol both putting in their uh, hands. And certainly the next in line, it wouldn't be the Av, right, the base Av, the Rosh base Av, it would be the, the, the natural intuitive uh, next person in line to do the avoda would be, in fact, the understudy to put in his right hand as well. Whereas, continues the Gemara, Mar Savar Ninu, that it's the equivalent. In other words, the left hand of the Kohen Gadol is the equivalent of the right hand of the Skan Kohen Gadol. Right? Not, neither, is, neither is greater, and therefore let's just keep it all, in order to keep the Kohen Gadol doing all the avoda, let's just keep it all within the, uh, within the Kohen Gadol. Again, because really all the avoda is supposed to be done by the Kohen Gadol. So how much did you really accomplish 
by giving the Sgan Kohen Gadol the, the opportunity to do the Avodah with his right hand. He's not supposed to do Avodah anyway. It, this does, in fact, cut into the, it does touch on the issue of whether the drawing of the slot is an Avodah altogether. If it's an Avodah, then certainly it can only be done, right, by the Kohen Gadol himself. So, uh, so, and so you'll say, if it's an avoda, then it could only be done with the right hand. So we are faced with, in fact, a conundrum. What is better? The left hand, which you're not supposed to do avoda with, or the right hand of this gun going gadol, which, who is not supposed to do the avoda? That becomes the question. Neither are a great option, and it's just a question of which one's better. If you hold the, 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 the assumption here of our Mishnah is that if you hold that those options are equivalent, Right? So then, in fact, it would be, as Birnbaum says, like a bishop and a knight, uh, equivalent but different. If you hold that they are equivalent but different, then better just have the coin gadol, says our Mishnah. Better have just the coin gadol do both avodas. Um, how do we know that the left hand is not, uh, is not, uh, good, that the left hand is not ideal to do the avoda for a righty coin gadol? So for this, uh, our first quote in our entire tra- uh, travels through Shas of Rabbi Josh, Rabbi Doctor Josh Sternschlitz from Pesach, who, when I visited Pesach for Shavuos, explained to me that that is why you needed to have the coin gadol, as you will recall, after Kartso, right, the Mishnah where he does starts the shechita, and then he has to collect the the dam. So you might recall that um, the, when we talked about the lottery for who does each part of the regular Korban Tamid, right? You might recall that in that lottery, um, we used to, we said that there was a lottery where one person collects, or one person checks and another person collects the dam and another person, uh, the, the, the Shaila was there that this Kabbalah's Hadam, is it part of the Shechting or is it part of the Collect of the Zrika Saddam. You might recall that, that in our, in our Gemara, that we had a, that was our first analysis. It, is that, is that a vote of Kabbalah Saddam in the Kli, when you're getting it from the neck of the animal, is it part of the Shechita or part of the, or part of the, um, Zrika Saddam? We end up saying it's part of the Zrika Saddam, but the Havamina that is part of the Shechita implies that it's physically possible to do the Shechita and that same individual does a shechita, collects the dam with the kli. Why then do we say that you have to do karzo for the kohen gadol and have a second individual finish the shechita while the kohen gadol is collecting with the kli? So he quoted a source, Josh Stern. He told me that he found a source where, whereas during the uh, during the week you could do the right and the left hand. On Yom Kippur, you have to, the Kohen Gadol has to do all the Avoda only by the Kohen Gadol and only with his right hand. And it is therefore only on Yom Kippur that we have this idea of needing to have a second individual to help him with the collecting of the Dam once you've done the Shechita. All right, fascinating idea. Josh Stern was super excited by it. And it is an honor to mention my friend and mentor, Joshi Stern, in this context. Okay. The Gemara then asks, Uman Haitan of the Polygolator of Yehuda. Uh, so, as we said, our Mishnah is Cholak and Rabbi Yehuda. So, who is our Mishnah like that it's Cholak and Rabbi Yehuda? It's none other than Rabbi Chanina Skana Kohanim. This Chanina Skana Kohanim, the Tanya, Rabbi Chanina Skana Kohanim, Omer, Lama Skan Mimino, Sheim Irabapsul, Bakoin Gadol, Nicholas Skan, Mishamish Tachtov. Why do we have the, the understudy to the right of the Kohen Gadol? Because if he has 
If something happens to him, then the coin, then the skan could go and serve. How is that a raya? That that's the author of our Mishnah? So Rashi explains that you see that the only reason, according to Rav Chanina Skana Kohanim, and mind you, he's the skan coin. So if he, if he says it, it's a very, it's a very humbling thing for him to say. He's saying, I, the ultimate skan coin, am in fact superfluous. I'm just window dressing. I'm just standing to the right of the coin gadol, not because I actually stick my hand into the copy, because in other words, according to Rabbi Lazar, then he's not just window dressing, he's actually performing part of the avoda. According to Rechanina Skanakwanim, there is no reason for me to stand there other than to be window dressing and to show, and to keep the coin gadol honest, as it were, to show that, and to show the people that were anything to happen to the coin gadol, uh, the understudy is standing at the ready. But again, Rechanina Skanakwanim is pointing out that, uh, short of that, he has no function. He's like the vice president. Short of that, he has no function. He's just standing there as a figurehead. And so, and so, that is the author of our Mishnah, in fact, who says that only the coin Gadol is doing the actual avod of stinging his hands uh, when the skan is standing to his right, looking pretty, just waiting and showing the people that he's ready. Okay, so now we're 11 lines from the bottom of Lam Testament Aleph, and we're going to say, we're going to say the incredible story of Shimon Atzadik and the miracles of his tenure. He was, in fact, not in the Bayes Rishon. He was in the Bayes Shani, as you might recall. When he was Kohen Gadol, however, he had an unusually large, uh, long tenure of 40 years. And even the Bayes Shani, as we pointed out in the earlier Gemars, that most of the Kohen Gadols in the Bayes Shani were, in fact, didn't even last the year. Because when you count the number of Kohanim there were and the number of years that the Bayes Shani stood, and you take away some of the longer tenured Kohen Gadol's, including certainly Rav Shimon Atzadik, whose tenure was 40 years, you see that the rest of them didn't even last one year. Anyway, Rav Shimon Atzadik was truly Atzadik, as his name suggests, and let's learn a little bit about him. So, Tanar Banan, Abayim Shanash Shima Shimon Atzadik, in those 40 glorious years that Shimon Atzadik was the Kohen Gadol in the Baishani, Hayagoral Olimbimin. He had a streak, Andrew. The streak was, every one of those years, the girl would come up good. He came up with the girl in the right side. After he died, sometimes it's a good omen, sometimes bad. Here is a mention of, right, the red dyed wool that we would wait to see whether it would stay red, which would be a bad omen, or turn white, which was a good omen. We'll get more into that and we'll describe it later, but be that as it may, you should just know that this good omen of turning malbin, right, turning white, to um, represent that Malbinim, right, that he actually, we write the, the um, we already learned Masech Shabbos, the halacha of Libun, which is to clean, right? So the cleansing of Klal Yisrael had been complete. That's why when it turns white, it's a good omen. So during the 40 years of the Rav Shimon Atzadik tenure, it was usually, uh, it would always turn white. Afterwards, sometimes it would be white, sometimes red, which was a bad omen. And also, furthermore, miracles that took place during the reign of Shimon Atzadik as Kohen Gadol. There is a big discussion coming up uh, uh, about which was the, which in fact of the menorah, which of the seven uh, lights of the menorah was considered the western um, light. This has to do with 
um, a machlokes about the orientation of the menorah. Was it south north-south north, orientation or east-west? Be that as it may, whichever one was in fact the western light, it would always be remain lit. Bad omen, sometimes it would not remain lit. To remain lit always was miraculous, and that miracle was in fact always in effect when Rav Shimon HaTzadik was uh, during his reign of Kohen Gadol. Furthermore, the fire right of the Mizbeach would always burn strong on its own. You would never have to do if you ever go out into the forest on Yom HaTzma'ut in Israel, you'll see all the Israelis, all they need is like two stones and they can make a burning barbecue, a tremendous mangal, whereas all the RBS guys um, without the army experience don't know how to light a fire. So they're just constantly dousing their fire with kerosene, what we call neft. Because, and so the Israelis here are analogous to the maracha misgaber, the burning uh, uh, strong maracha on the mizbeach that does not need extra help just to stay alive. As the Gemara continues, they wouldn't have to bring additional firewood to keep the fire alive. Except for the two kingdom woods, which we had mentioned earlier. In order to fill, right, what's the Gzira That was a mitzvah in its own right. In other words, they just put it on, even that maybe they didn't need. They just put on those two kindling flames because they had to for the mitzvah. But the fire was flaming on its own. But Mikan after the days of Shimon Atzadik, Pamim Miskaber, Pamim Eno Miskaber. The fire was not necessarily so strong on its own. And all day long, they have to do like the RBS guys and keep piling wood on it just to keep that flame alive. Okay, so that's the wood, another miracle, the fire. And then, and in fact, there was an extra bracha on the carbs on the Omer, the Shteh which we just had Shavuos, right? For us, it's not a Dafyomi coincidence because two days off, so, um, so the Shteh of Shavuos and Lechem Aponim and also Lechem Aponim of Shabbos, all those breads had a bracha. What was the bracha of that, of those breads? The Gemara elaborates. This doesn't read straight, but you have to look at the Duke Sofrim, as the article points out, that points out two miracles, really. Number one, every coin got a kazais. That's miraculous, because you don't have a lot of bread here to give a kazais for every coin. And number two, every coin was satisfied from whatever amount they got. Uh, however, that was only during the time of the end, and, and beyond that, sometimes they were so full, they're like, oh, I can't even eat the rest of my bread. I'm so full, I have leftovers. I have shirayim. That was during the reign of Shimon Atzadik. However, Meira here is a curse. There was a curse on the Omer, the Lechem Hapanim, and the Lechem, that first of all, they each got a smaller size, the size of a bean, and then, and, and furthermore, they were all not satisfied. Therefore, if you, in fact, were discreet, the kind of person who waits for other people to eat, and the kind of person who is right, well-mannered at the table, then you would withdraw your hand and say, okay, it's good enough. However, right, the gluttons would snatch and eat, and they would try to take, right, like at a, like at a, at a, at a buffet, 
uh, Kiddush, you have some who are more demure and some who are more aggressive. The more aggressive one will try to grab whatever they can in order to eat. And some took even more than what was their chelik. Certainly not appropriate behavior. And for his whole life, they called him what? As we turn the page, till his dying day, they called him a, a robber. Chamsan means a robber, as the Gemara will elaborate to explain, because he was one of those aggressive kiddush guys, and that became his calling card. I'm a Rava Bar Rav Shiloh, my Kra. How do you know the Chametz means robber? Well, look at Tehillim. Tehillim says, Elokai palteni miyad rasha mikaf me'avel v'chometz. Hashem, deliver me from evil people and from robbers. Ah, Rava, so that's Chometz there in that context means a thief. Rava Amar Mehacha, Rava learns it from Pasuk and Ishaya, where uh, Ishaya is telling Klai Israel to repent, to do, right, tshuva by being benevolent. And just, right, and saving people there from robbery. Learn to be, right, expansive and seek justice and give support to those who are robbed. The Gemara then just completes, as Rashi points out over here, um, that this is not really shaykh to what we're trying to prove, but once we're already expounding psukim with chometz, we'll see later uh, where this, where this in Sanhedrin Lamed Hay, what the uh, implication is, but ashru chamotz, give support to he who is robbed, ve'al tashru chometz, don't give support to the robber, um, is another context where chometz means robbed, that's when we know chometz means robbed, and that's when we know that that's what they did, and these words, again, going back to the bracha that was in the bread of, in the days of uh, Rav Shimon HaTzadik. Now, more about Rav Shimon HaTzadik, five lines down, Lam Testament Bays, Tanur Rabbanon, this is where Rabbi Gross wrote, uh, wrote me the email, an amazing story, that the year that Rav Shimon Tzadik actually passed away after 40 years of, of dutiful service, as soon as he came out of the Kaddish HaKadoshim, he knew that that was going to be the year he would die. How so? They asked him, where, where do you know this from? Spooky, astonishing story. This, Art Scroll says that it was every day, um, every year, rather, when he went into the Kodesh Kodashim. Now, mind you, nobody else other than the Kongol is allowed to go into the Kodesh Kodashim. But here he saw an old man dressed in white, clothed in white robes like the Babasali, Right? Just chill, just in the Kodesh Kedushim. And you always just see him sort of mindfully looking at him, watching over him. Nichnas imi imi. And he would follow me around while I'm doing my avoda in the Kodesh Kedushim. Now, nobody could, else could corroborate the story because only Shimon and could go. Vayom, so that was always every year for 40 years. And today, I, I had the same guy, but he was wearing black. He was dressed in black, a bad omen. Nichnas imi, and not only that, but he didn't come in and out with me. Nichnas imi velo imi. He came in with me, he did not come out with me. Achar haregel, and sure enough, as Rabbi as Shimon Atzadik predicted, right after the regel, right after that particular was Sukkis, that chala shiva yamim v'meit. He was sick for seven days and died. Dr. Glatt has a... Uh, a vart on why it was seven days sickness, and then he died. And and there, right, the from that day forward, they did not no longer had right the the shvua b'shem levarach b'shem as Rashi explains. Right from that that point forward, 
right? They no longer, the Kohanim were able to say the Shemah Mefurish because they were not worthy of saying the Shemah Mefurish. He was the last Kohen Gadol that was worthy of saying the Shemah Mefurish uh, when he did the Birchas Kohanim. Unbelievable. Okay, so we'll, we'll get back to what Rabbi Gross said. We have a few more minutes. I, I want to tell the story towards the end. So let's just go a little further. Tanar Banan. So, to contrast with the 40 years that Shimon Atzadik was Kohen Gadol, the last 40 years before the Chorban Bayes Sheni, the Kalei were really in a bad way. And then, as, as we said, right after Shimon Atzadik, some years were good, some years were bad. But those last 40 years were always bad. There was never a good omen. It always came out that the Asir Azazel came up by Yamin. This should have been a bad sign. The Lashon Zaharis was always red. It never remained lit. And furthermore, the doors of the Heichal would always open on their own. Rashi explains, is always a bad sign. This shows that we're, it's like Ke'ilu, the base of Mikdash is getting opened up to welcome its enemies, to destroy it. As we know, lived during the end of the Chorban. In Amalo, Heichal, Heichal. He spoke as if to speak to the base of Mikdash. Why are you self destructing? You're terrifying yourself. Yes, everybody gets it. At the end, you're going to be destroyed. Zechariah was Ido's grandson. Here it's referred to Zechariah being Ido. Even though he was really Brachia's son, who Brachia was Ido, not 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 for now to get into where Ido Hanavi appears in Ezra, and in Divrei Yavim, be that as it may, obviously Zachariah is named for his grandfather Ido because of the greatness of that Navi. Anyway, Pesach Levanon Dlasecha V'Sochal Esh Ba'Azrecha Ba'Arazecha. Open your doors. Let the fire consume you. Amar Yitzchak Ben Tavloi Lamanikor Shmuel Levanon Shemal Ben Avonosein Shul Yisrael. Why? was the base of Mikdash called Levanon, as we know, because it was whitened the sin of Israel. So eight lines up from the wide, Amar of Zutra Barturvia, Lama Nikoshmo Yar, why was the base of Mikdash called a far? It's a chsev, base Yar Halvanon, as we know, because it says, Vis Yar Halvanon, Loma Lacha, Ma Yar Malav Lev, A base of Mikdash Malav Lev. Well, there was in the base of Mikdash that Shlomo Melech built, the base Rishon, there was an incredible thing. It would actually bloom, but the gold would bloom. Miraculously, in the first base of Mikdash, he actually planted golden fruit trees. And they would actually bear golden fruit. And the fruit would actually fall off like you could harvest them. Like it says in Tehillim, that the fruit like of the Lavanon. And Tukhanim got, they were actually would get these golden fruit and they would actually live off of it um, and still the kalpi couldn't be gold okay we'll get we'll get into that tomorrow hopefully but once you had the of the kachavim rahman al-san going to the echal yavshu those fruit dried up like it says there's a safer nachom and it describes that the fruits were devastated but in the future we can look forward to this being restored this covered of Lavanon, Nitan Hashem, will in fact be restored to us, um, may be restored soon in Yeshaya. Okay, two dots, four lines down in the wide. And we have a minute, Tanar Uh So what were two lots? Tanar Banan, Eser Pami Maskir, Kongal, Sashem, Boba Yom, Shlosha Bevido, Rishon, there's ten times when he said the Shem and Furish. 
as we said, after Rav Shimon Tzadik, no longer, but three in the first vidush, shlosha bevidush sheni, three in the second, shlosha besir hamishtaleach, right, and then three when he's uh, sending out the shir hamishtaleach. As we are, we're going to describe this further. Ve'echad begoralos, and then this one which we aforementioned with the goralos. Kvarim Hashem benishma kolo biyericho, and his voice can be heard in yericho. To which Amar Abar Chanan Mishalayim liyericho asar parsos v'tzir dalsal hechal nishma bishmona tchumish abes. How all of this avoda could be heard sixteen thousand amos uh, away. Izim she biyericho ayumis ashes miyachak ktoris, and the ktoris could be uh, sneezed like an allergic sneeze of the goats. They could sense it all the way in Yericho. Nashim should be Yericho and Nsuchos is Basemi Rechtaris. It would be so uh, fragrant that the Nashim be Yericho, which normally would put on fragrance, didn't have to because the fragrance was everywhere. Kala be Shurshalayim and similarly a Kala would not have to. And Nsuchos is Kashis Merechtaris. Ama Rabbi Lazar ben Diglai, Izimayula Abba Behare Michvar. Even in Hare Michvar, they could also, Hayumitachus Mirachaktaris, the goats would sneeze. Ama Rabbiya Baravin, Amar Shiro ben Karcha, Sachli Zakain Echad, Pamachas Alachli Lishilo, once heard from an old man that he was walking, Shilove, Rachli, Rechaktaris, and Bekotlea. And I could still smell the fragrant incense from the walls of Shilo from the Mishkan yet. That's how strong that reach was. So now we're 10 lines from the bottom of the Bays, and I will share with you, God willing, in the WhatsApp, the notes from, from Rev Soloveitchik um, and from Rev Cook on the idea of the person in the white robes and the black robes that accompanied Rev Shimon HaTzadik and the lessons therein. Basically, it has to do with you should always uh, do the avoda with optimism. We should approach our, and perhaps Hashem Sadik was not optimi enough, as the Rav says in Pnine Arav, we should be Zoha to restore the big day Lavan and the Avoda with optimism and with Yeshua's for all of Klai Yisrael. Uh,